Chapter 1 June 19, 1919 There is likely some polished way of starting a story like this. A clever bit of gaming that it sucker people in, surer than the best banco feeler in town. But the truth is that I haven't got the quick tongue or the slick wit for that kind of game. Words haven't figured much in my life, and though over the years I've met many of what the world counts to be the big thinkers and talkers of our times, I've stayed what most would call a plain man. And so, a plain way of starting will suit me well. The first thing to do, along these plain lines, is to say why I've closed the shop up and come into the back office on a night when there's still plenty of business that might be done. It's a fine evening, the kind what I used to live for, a night when you can take in all the affairs of the avenue with nothing more than your shirt sleeves for cover, blowing the smoke of a dozen good cigarettes up to the stars above the city, and feeling on balance like maybe there's some point to living in this madhouse after all. The traffic, gasoline-powered automobiles and trucks these days, not just clattering old nags, dragging carriages and carts, has slowed quite a bit with the passing of midnight, and soon the after-supper ladies and gents will be over from the Albemarle Hotel and the Hoffman House to pick up their fine blended smokes. They'll wonder why I've closed early, but they won't wonder long before heading for some other shop, and after they've gone— Quiet will settle in around this grand flat-iron building with a purpose. She still lords it over Madison Square, the flat-iron does, with her solitary, peculiar silhouette and her fussy stone face, all of which, at the time she was built, had architects and critics going at each other tooth and nail. The Metropolitan Life Tower across the park may be taller, but it doesn't have near the style or presence— and next to the Flatiron, buildings like Madison Square Garden, topped by its once shocking statue of naked Diana, just seem like hangovers from another age, an age that, looking back, feels like it passed in the space of a night. It was a gay night, many folks would say, but for some of us, it was a strange and dangerous time when we learned things about human behavior that most sensible people would never want to know. Even the few that might have been curious— got all the grimness they could stand from the Great War. What people want now is a good time, and they want it with a vengeance. Certainly, that drive is what'll be powering the type of folks who'll be on their way over to my shop to try and buy the smokes they'll need for long hours at the city's gaming tables and dance halls. The weather alone would rule out any darker motivations— The breezy, light arms of the night air will wrap themselves around all those keen, hopeful souls, and they'll tear into the town like a meat district dog who smelled out a bit of bone at the bottom of an ash heap. Most of their activities won't amount to nothing, of course, but that doesn't matter. Part of the strange fun of getting rooked into thinking that anything's possible on the beaten, dirty streets of this big onion is knowing that if you don't find what you're looking for tonight— It's all that much more important that you try again tomorrow. I remember that feeling. I had it many times myself, before I reached my present lamentable state. Being forever on the verge of coughing up a lung has taken away much of my joy in this existence, for it's hard to relish the world's pleasures when you're leaving pools of blood and pus wherever you go, like some wretched wounded animal. Still, though, my memory's as good as ever— 
and to be sure, I can recall the raw joy that nights like this used to bring, the feeling of being outside and on your own, with the whole world stretched out and waiting. Yes, even with the hack, I know that you don't come in from a night like this without a damn good reason. But that's exactly what Mr. John Schuyler Moore has given me. He came in about an hour ago, drunk as a lord, which will surprise exactly nobody what knows the man, and spewing a lot of vitriol about the cowardice of editors and publishers and the American people in general. To hear him talk, or maybe I should say to hear the wine and whiskey talk, it's a miracle this country's made it as far as we have, what with all the secret horror, tragedy, and mayhem that infest our society. Mind you, I don't argue the man's point. I spent too many years in the house and employ of Dr. Laszlo Kreitzler, eminent alienist and friend to both me and Mr.